You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. is entitled Transformers, Transformers, and we're going to be talking about transformation, and this is number nine in Metamorphosis, number nine in Metamorphosis, The Way of Transformation, we've been doing this series, and I'm going to ask if you can stand up for the reading of the opening text, it's just one verse. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. So if you can all stand up for the reading of the word, and then we're going to pray. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Amen. Let's put our hands on our hearts and you can pray with me. Dear Jesus, nice and loud, nice and loud and bold. Let's all pray with me now. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. Strengthen my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And Father, As we get into the Word, we ask that you would open up our eyes and our ears, remove the filters from us. Uh, Let us really hear you and be encouraged in heart and inspired and strengthened. Give me grace to share what you want me to share. Amen. Amen. And in the middle of the message, I have this uh, Psalm 23 card that I've just got printed out that I'm going to give to everyone that's here. So it's a little gift from me to you as a blessing to you. The theme this morning is this. We are called to shape our environment rather than be shaped by it. We're called to shape our environment rather than be shaped by it. Now, the verse we just read here where David strengthens himself in the Lord his God is the story of David at Ziklag I find the story of David at Ziklag, or more properly, Ziklag, I find it a great encouragement and source of hope. It's not the first time I've shared about it, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time I share about this story. Uh, This week, when my spirit was weighed down and discouraged, the Lord led me to this passage Uh, about David, and I'll explain the story to you. Here's the story in a nutshell. The situation for David was very bleak, but David transformed it, and he transformed it through the Lord. The Amalekites raided David's Ziklag base, burning it with fire and stealing their wives, children, and possessions. 
And because the base was burned and because the wives and the children and their possessions and livestock were gone, the people were so mad at David that they were ready to stone him. But, the scripture says, but, the second sentence of 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, reveals the pivoting point. It's four simple words in Hebrew and a few more words in English, and it literally says, and David strengthened himself in Yahweh his God. And David strengthened himself in Yahweh his God. The word, the root word there uh, for strengthened is chazak. Chazak, you may have heard me use this word before. In Hebrew it reads, Vayit chazek David ba'adonai Elohav. And it's, and David strengthened himself in the Lord his God, in Yahweh his God. This is a time in our lives, in history, where the enemy is coming to steal. He's coming to steal Spouses coming to steal children, he's coming to ruin. And we know that this is the enemy's way from the beginning because that's what he did in the garden. And also, Jesus said when he was talking about himself as the shepherd, he said the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. So this is the enemy's tactic. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But in this story of David, we see the secret of turning this around. The enemy came to rob, kill, and destroy from David, but the pivoting point is when David strengthened himself in Yahweh his God. Later on, as we read the rest of the story, we find out that David recovers all. He recovers all, and then he shares the spoils of his exploits of recovering oil and also the spoils of the Malachites and everything that they had stolen. He shares it with all of Israel. He even shares it with the people that were too exhausted to fight with him, showing the kindness of God. So the first point here is this. The first step to transforming your situation is finding your strength in God. The first step to transforming your situation is finding your strength in God. We see this here as we read, and David strengthened Chazak. He strengthened himself in Yahweh, his God. This is the same word that the Lord spoke to Joshua. Chazak ve'ematz. Be strong and courageous. And David found his strength in the source, which is Yahweh. Well, how did he do that? We're going to be talking about that. Also, we read in one of the Psalms, Psalm 84, and this is from the sons of Korah. Listen to these words, Psalm 84, verses 5 through 6. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley valley of Baca, They make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength, verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. This passage is describing a pilgrimage, a journey. And the valley of Baca, Baca is quite interesting word in Hebrew because it sounds like weeping. So 
some of the modern translations will translate that word. Passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a spring. In other words, they transform that valley of suffering, mourning, pain into a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessing. Yeah, they go from strength to strength. Everyone appears before God in Zion. So we are called to be transformers. And when I'm talking about transformers, I'm not talking about the movie today. <laughs> I'm talking about that's what God has called us to be. He's called us to be transformers who transform our situations and the environment around us. And we first do this through finding strength in God. The kingdom works from inside out. The kingdom of God works from the inside out. At first, God saves us. The kingdom comes to us from the outside, even though there's nothing in us to merit salvation. There's no good within us that is within the flesh. As Paul said in Romans 7, 18, there's no good thing within me. And there's no good thing within us, except God then plants his kingdom within us. He planted his kingdom within us. So that is Tov Me'od. That is very good. Tov Me'od is very good in Hebrew. And so we have this kingdom within us, planted in us, firmly planted in us. And now we have to learn how to bring the kingdom within us into our environments. So what's in you needs to then come out of you. We need to bring that kingdom that is within us into our environments. God's salvation is not always going to come from the outside. God's salvation is not always going to come from the outside. Often it comes from inside of you and works out into the world. So it comes from inside of you and works out into the world. Like I said before, you're called to be a transformer, and this transformation happens from the inside out, from God within. And this is a difficult calling because people in environments don't change easily. It takes a fighting spirit. And David, David had a fighting spirit, and that's why he was able to transform that whole situation in Ziklag around because he had a fighting spirit. In science and science fiction, there's something called terraforming. Have you heard of terraforming? Uh, terraforming is changing the environment of a planet so that it's inhabitable by human beings, so human beings can live on it. And so science fiction novels have talked about this, but not just science fiction novels. It's, a, it's something that scientists are working on as they think of exploring space and planets. And so the idea is... Uh, right now, Mars, for example, you couldn't live on it. Uh, in order to live on it, they would need to terraform it, which means to change it, change the uh, form of it. And how would they do that? They would build a, a dome. One of the ways is you'd build a dome-like structure that would be like a greenhouse. You would bring in soil or see what you could use of the ground of Mars and soil. And then you would plant different trees and you would try to oxygenate the environment. And in doing that then, uh, in oxygenating the environment and transforming it, then it may be uh, hospitable for humankind. 
So you take something that's desert-like and uninhabitable and you transform it. And it's like what Israel has done through the kibbutzim, the kibbutzes. Uh, they would have these kibbutzes, which is like a community. And Israel, when the Jews came into it, was like a desert wasteland. But they worked, they, they formed communities, they worked together, they worked as one, and they transformed the wasteland, they transformed the desert into something that is fertile and bearing fruit now. Of course, that is all because of God's grace and his blessing and help. But they did, they transformed the desert into a fertile land. So it's, uh, this, this all should be inspirations for us to be able to transform spiritually. Again, with terraforming, the whole goal is a life-giving ecosystem. Now, we are called to do the same thing as, uh, same thing as those. Uh, we're called to make a desert into a fertile, life-giving environment. And just like the same thing as those who may fictionally terraform a place, we're called to bring the oxygen, the air, the spirit of God, the kingdom of God into our environments. And when we do, it brings a blessing to all that are around us. So for us, the key of being transformers is finding our strength and encouragement in God, like I started off with. And it's about renewing and restoring the life within so that we can minister out of God's life. So this is what the psalmist in Psalm 23, David says. He says, my soul, you restore. There's a lot in scripture about renewing. And once that inward renewal happens, then that outward transformation can happen. And it's a continual cycle. It's something that needs to happen in our lives every day, every week, every year. And it's one reason that this whole uh, story here is one reason why I'm not giving up, even though during COVID times, it's been tough for the church, but I'm fighting. I'm fighting for the lost. I'm fighting for the backslidden. I'm fighting that we would be fruitful and multiply and, and gain ground and make a difference. And so by the grace of God, I am not retreating, but I could use your prayers too. <laughs> Point two, the Psalms, especially Psalm 23, show how David found strength in Yahweh. So we've got, a, we've got like the curtain unveiled to us. I've said this before in other messages, but what the Psalms do is they show us how David found strength in Yahweh. They show us how David found that courage, that encouragement, that strength in Yahweh. And so we have an open door to look into how David found his strength, how he encouraged himself in Yahweh. Now listen, there's going to be times where the encouragement will not come from our brothers and sisters in Christ, though we always hope for that, right? We want to be an encouragement to one another, but there's sometimes we're so alone, and if you're a leader, everybody's looking, everybody's upset with you, or a large portion of people are upset with you. And they, people tend to blame their leaders for whatever happens in their life. Uh, and this is what happened with David. There's times in our lives where there's no one around. What are you going to do? 
You got to find your strength in Yahweh. You got to find your strength in God. Are you listening to me? Are you with me? And we learn from the Psalms how to do this. And you're not going to feel like going on, but you find that strength in God. Recently, the Holy Spirit led me to meditate on Psalm 23 uh, and write a fresh poetic translation. And I did this, I shared it in my morning thought this week, I did this for myself to be grounded in the shepherd's care. But then the Holy Spirit moved me to make it into an infographic and to share it with others. And so if you're at home, I, I had the digital version. I haven't been able to print out these infographics, but this one I printed out. Here is the Psalm 23, Adonai Roi. See if you can say that with me. Adonai, Adonai. Roi. What does it mean? The Lord is my shepherd. And we could say Yahweh Roi because the first word there is Yahweh. It's God's name. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to hand it out. So now as a gift to you, they're in envelopes to keep them safe. And if somebody knows uh, somebody they want to give it to, they can take two or three, however they want. Uh, and thank you, Patrick, for handing it out. And I have my one, my one in the Bible. And here's the thing. Right now, as a congregation, we need a lot of care. There's a, everybody is going through something. And I think that's with life. We're all going through something. You guys prayed for us. Uh, you guys prayed for us last week. And afterwards, we found out that Anna's father had a heart attack. Um, there's Donna, who had that major trauma and fall. Uh, Grace's things. And there's a lot of other things going on. Uh, Yushi and Davina have to move from their house, which they've been in for a long time, which is quite traumatic. We're all going through something. So this is Psalm 23. And as I said, the Holy Spirit moved me to make a fresh translation of it. I'm going to read it. You can read it along with me. And then I'm going to comment a little bit, bit about it. And then I'm going to share a vision that the Lord gave me this week. This week, the Lord has been giving me visions while I've been spending time with him. I haven't even been able to share it with Anna. There's been so much going on. <laughs> uh, she has to care for her dad as well as Lizzie. But let me, let me read it. Let me read this to you first. And it's set out poetically. You can see that near the cup, that area is supposed to look like a cup. In the, in the way it's set out, um, let me read it to you. Yahweh is my shepherd. I won't be without. In pastures green, he settles me. Beside waters gentle, he guides me. Now, let me say, all the, all the children, teenagers who want this, I want you to have this. This is not just for the adults. Kids, children, whoever wants it and will take care of it, you can have a card. So if you don't have one, this is for everyone. Again, I'll start again. Yahweh is my shepherd. I won't be without. In pastures green, he settles me. Beside waters gentle, he guides me. My soul, he restores. He leads me in paths trusted and right. Yes, that's who he is. Even if I walk in a valley fogged, thick and dark, I fear no evil. 
For you are with me. Your rod and your support, they comfort me. You set before me a table across from those attacking me. You anoint robustly my head. My cup abundantly flows. Yes, goodness and love kind pursue me all the days of my life. And I will be refreshed in Yahweh's house continually, days without end. Amen. Now, the first thing I want to bring out here is that David is remembering who God is. He says, Yahweh is my shepherd. I won't be without. And interestingly, at first, he's speaking about God in the third person. He's speaking about him in the third person. But then as we move down, as he's, it's like he's preaching to himself. Yahweh is my shepherd. So this is how he's finding strength in God. He is saying, Yahweh is my shepherd. I won't be without. He's going to care for me. And he explains how that caring happens. In pastures green, he settles me. Again, it's personal. Beside waters gentle, he guides me. My soul, he restores. Now notice the he. It's as if he's preaching to himself. He's reminding himself. This is how he's strengthening himself in God. And again, he, in Yahweh's care, that is how our souls are restored. They're renewed. He goes on to say, he leads me in paths, trusted and right. Yes, that's who he is. He's a God who cares for us. He's a God who leads us. He's a God who guides us. He's a God who provides for us. And this is the best way to keep yourself from all deception and wolves is the closer you are to the shepherd, the more protected you are. So if you want to keep yourself on the wolves and the deceivers that are out there, be next to the shepherd because he's got a rod and he's got a staff and they protect us and he wards off the enemy. So I, that's my desire is to be close to the shepherd. Then he goes on from the uh, third person uh, of speaking about God to there's a transition after this being through this valley, fog, thick and dark. And that's traditionally we hear the, the valley of the shadow of death. In the Hebrew, though, the word death is not in there. It's the idea in Hebrew is it's a valley that's fogged. And it's a valley that's thick and dark. So it's a dark place. It's a, a fogged place. And yet we can't see, but we can, we can be close to him and we hear him and we follow him, even though we're not able to see very clearly in that valley of this valley that is fogged. It goes on to say, now look at how it change, changes to something very personal. For you, for you are with me. So before it's he, and then it goes to for you. So now it's getting even more personal, more intimate as the journey goes on. And this is how it should be in our walks with God. The more we walk with God, the more we follow him, the more personal he becomes to us. And this is also, you know, we preach to ourselves, we remind ourselves, and then from there we come to this personal prayer. For you are with me. Your rod and your support. And I translated that because the rod and the staff, is, it's the same 
thing. It's that shepherd's rod. It's that shepherd's staff. And it means support. So his rod and his support, they comfort me. Then he goes on to say, you set a table before me. You set before me a table across from those attacking me. So the idea is there's people attacking, there's people opposing you, people who don't like you, but in the midst of that, the Lord sets a table for you. It goes on, and this part of the infographic, it's supposed to look like a cup or a table, how it's set out. You set before me a table, and so one of my goals is to kind of visually lay this out so you think about it differently and you can see the beauty of the Word. That's my desire is to bring out the beauty of the Word of God. You set before me a table across from those attacking me. You anoint robustly my head. My cup abundantly flows. There we see God's abundance, his provision. Yes, goodness and love kind, chesed. This is love kind, chesed. And normally I translate it as kind love, but here being poetic, I change it around there. Goodness and love kind pursue me. The idea there is almost of persecution. It's a word that's often used for persecution. (laughs) But it's a good thing here. It's pursuing me. Goodness and love kind pursue me. And this, I guess this is where they got that song, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. From that word there, I figure that's where they got the song from. I'd have to ask them. But the idea is God is pursuing you with his goodness and his kind love. He's pursuing you with his tov and his chesed all the days of my life. So even when we wander away, God is pursuing us. God is chasing us. God is looking after us. Just like David. You know, Jesus is like David. Things have been stolen from him. People have been stolen from him because of sin, because of Satan. But Jesus rises up and says, I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to recover all. I'm going to pursue them. And Jesus is your David. He is the beloved. And he is rising up. Jesus found his strength in God to go through the cross. And this is how he's pursuing us and he's recovering for us. And then we follow in his footsteps. At the end it says, and I will be refreshed in Yahweh's house continually. And this is what I saw as I was reading the Hebrew is that was the refreshment was happening in Yahweh's house. So now he's going back to Yahweh again coming full circle. I will be refreshed in Yahweh's house. So we have the first a picture of being in a field with the Lord green pastures. The imagery is green and vivid. And I, re- I remember when we first came here after the flood in 2011, uh, we were out of here for about a year, a little less than a year, and I looked at all the grass and it was all dry and it was all, it looked really bad. And the whole place was forsaken. No kids in the park, nobody playing uh, cricket, nobody out there doing anything. The whole park, about a year after the flood in 2011, looked dismal. I said, boy, this place looks dismal. It's not the same as when we left it. It's, it's brown, it's forsaken, no kids in the park. I don't like this, Lord, and I don't think this is how it should be. 
So we started praying blessings over the park, blessings over the area. And you can see the blessing of the Lord is here. You hear the kids in the park now. You see the green grass. You hear the crack of the cricket, bucket, uh, cricket bat going on. I hope that's not too distracting as I'm preaching. But there's life again. And even the school is prospering. We see they built the big facility here. The whole place is prospering. And I don't believe that's any accident, even though others may not uh, acknowledge it. I believe because the presence of God is here. He's blessing the area. He's blessing the school. Always, always pray for the environment you're in. Always speak blessing because we are meant to bring blessing. It goes on here. It says, and I will be refreshed in Yahweh's house continually days without end. So here's a man who looks a little bit like Patrick, but a little bit older, right? <laughs> and he's still, he's still praising the Lord even in his old age. He's still vibrant and full of life. It reminds me of that time where uh, you had Mr. Chu and he had Parkinson's disease and it was near the end of his life, but somehow he hear the worship he could still, even though he couldn't talk, he could still sing worship. That was one of the amazing things. He couldn't talk. He would stutter. He couldn't talk at the end, but he could sing. And there was one time he came around here with the kids. This is going back, you know, about 10, 10 years ago, seven years ago or so. And he's dancing around here. And then we were getting worried because he could barely walk. And I said, oh, I hope he doesn't fall over. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. But he was, he was okay then. Other times he danced and he fell over. But he still had that, with all of his struggles, he still had that joy in God's house. So this brings me to one of the visions I had this week. This week the Lord has been giving me visions, and one of them relates to Psalm 23. And here's some of it from my journal, the 22nd of October, 2021. This is just yesterday. Now, in these visions, it's not just like seeing things. It was like experiencing, as I'm seeing it, it was experiencing it internally, where I could feel uh, the joy and the happiness, and it was something deepward and inward I can feel not merely just like seeing it. It was something that I was like in. So I'll, I'll read it to you as I wrote it. I see dancing and singing and joy in the sky in heaven. People dancing and rejoicing. And as I see it, I'm happy with tears. Then the Lord says, people need my hope, Glenn. Hope strengthens, hope renews, hope restores. Hope is not merely about the future. Now, I always thought that hope was about the future, but recently the Lord has been teaching me that it's more than that. And this is, I'm just sharing with you this conversation I had with the Lord. Hope is not merely about the future, it's about now. Seeing who I am right now and what I am presently doing. That's hope. Then in the vision, I said, there are people, they're dancing and happy. 
Why are they happy? The Lord responded, because they have run their race and finished their course. Now, at this time, the Lord began to speak to me about other things, but I'll save that for a later time, God willing. Then I saw the Lord in a valley. A very straight path was before us. The sun was shining and the air was cool and pleasant. Like a waiter, the Lord takes out a white tablecloth. He rustles it out, waving it in the wind, and then he drapes it over his table. Somehow, out of nowhere, this table came up as we were journeying through this, uh, yeah, journeying through this valley. And he invites us to sit down, saying, rest a little while, for the journey is too much on you. Then he pulls out a bottle of new wine, pours it into silver chalices, and serves us matzah bread. Alongside us in the rolling hills are mockers and troublemakers, and they're making fun of us and hurling rocks at us. But as we eat, he shields us like a supernatural dome. He shields our bodies and our souls so that in this very uh, picnic we're having along this journey, our souls are still happy even though there's all these troublemakers on the sides. He packs up his picnic, and then I see him in the distance, as well as at the same time beside me. I see him at the distance at the end of this path. There is, at the end of the path, the straight path, he's there, and he's cheering me on. He calls you can make it, Glenn. I am with you. You have much to see and do. You can make it. We are waiting for you. He shines like a bright sun with radiant white garments. A smile is on his face, love in his eyes, and warmth in his voice. And I'd encourage you to put your name in the vision too, because I believe it's an encouragement for all of us, because there was a person sitting next to me, but I felt it was like any brother or sister in Christ who wanted to be there, and I felt it was like more than one person, maybe the rest of you know, the body of Christ as one being there with me. So... Let me put it here. You can make it, Anna. I am with you. You have much to see and do. You can make it. We are waiting for you. Davina, you can make it, Davina. I am with you, the Lord says. You have much to see and do. You can make it. We are waiting for you. Peter, you can make it. The Lord is with you. The Lord is saying, I am with you. You have much to see and do. You can make it. We are waiting for you. This, when, when the Lord said this, so here I, I felt the Lord was beside me. And then I'm looking in the distance, and he's at the end of the path. And he's calling out, you can make it, Glenn. He's cheering me on. And I believe the Lord is cheering us on. He has a path for us to walk. It's a straight path, but he is our biggest Fan, he's cheering us. 
He wants us to make it. He's not setting us up for a fall. So, you can make it, Eva. I am with you. You have much to see and do. You can make it. We are waiting for you. And it brought joy to my heart. It brought tears to my eyes. Third point and last point for today. Entering into the Lord's rest is the only way to usher in his transformation. So in Psalm 23, we see that the Lord is providing rest. He's setting a table before David, across from those who are attacking me. He says, you anoint robustly my head, my cup abundantly flows. He brought David to this place of rest, this supernatural rest, this rest in God. This is how David strengthened himself in the Lord. It was through the Lord. It was through the Lord bringing rest. And in that vision that I had, the Lord was bringing us to a place of rest. Now, the rest was so that we can continue on in the journey. It was like we were on this pilgrimage, and he set up this table, whipping out these things before us, and we were drinking in his goodness and love. And then he packed it up and said, okay, come on, let's move on. And God's rest has a purpose. There are two ways we can try to bring transformation. One is to force it through our own strength. And that's what a lot of people are doing today. I know it's a day of protest and petitions. And every day on the news, there's a new protest about something else. Uh, I think it's about the planes now going overhead. I'd like to protest, protest that too, because I don't want the head, planes going over my head every two seconds and the, the noise pollution. <laughs> but that was one of the latest ones that I, that I saw about the planes. And there, there is a time to protest. I mean, if nobody says anything, they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing, right? But we have to watch out. Here. We have to be very careful here because we can't force transformation through our own strength. And that's not where true transformation is going to come. The other way of transformation is to minister transformation out of the Lord's peace. The Lord gives you his peace, and out of that peace, you bring transformation rather than get, getting sucked up in the anger of it. In the vision... And there's more parts of the vision. I don't have time to share it all. But in the vision, I saw people making peace. I see people making peace. They are shaking hands, hugging, helping one another, and washing one another's feet. At this time, the Lord said to me, rest is the only way to usher in my transformation. For your inside must be still and quiet to minister my shalom on earth. A peacemaker is one who knows my peace and ministers out of my peace. A peacemaker is one who knows my peace and ministers out of my peace. He also said to me, by not spending time with me, my people are missing out on so much of what I want to show them and give to them. I'll repeat that again. By not spending time with me, my people are missing out on so much of what I want to show them and give to them. Now, don't take this as condemnation. God just wants to be with you. 
He wants to spend time with you. And we could take all of God's words in the wrong way. We need to take it realizing that he's our shepherd caring for us. He went on to say, take a little time to be with me, to rest in my presence. Let me be your shepherd. I'll read that again. By not spending time with me, my people are missing out on so much of what I want to show them and give to them. Take a little time to be with me, to rest in my presence. Let me be your shepherd. Amen. And this is how that transformation happens. There's my friend. Hey, buddy. (laughs) He's not my friend. Well, I'm preaching the word all of creation now is my friend. (laughs) We want the Lord to transform you, though. I smell a little bit. (laughs) So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, there's an ibis beside me. So I was, what is that? Is he talking to one of the kids? Is that, that, that's how he talks to the kids? It's one of the birds. Um, so I'll go back to one of the things that we started with. Psalm 84, 5 through 7. Psalm 84, 5 through 7. How blessed is the man or the person whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. In, in other words, in his heart is that pilgrimage. Passing through the valley of Baja, the valley of weeping, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Amen. It's good to be with the Lord. And as we start, we can, you can all stand. You can all stand. As we started, we read, and David strengthened himself in Yahweh, his God. It wasn't someone else's God. It was David's God. Yahweh was David's God. Yahweh was David's shepherd. Yahweh was his strength. It was personal. And I say, allow the Lord to be personally your shepherd. Hallelujah. So this week I want to encourage you, meditate on Psalm 23. Also put this in practice. Uh, Put into practice finding rest, spending time with him. Put into practice encouraging yourself in the Lord. And that's going to give you strength to fight, to be a fighter. Because today we need fighters. Amen. It's good that David's here too. David, David. uh. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Father, we just want to thank you and praise you. We declare and we remember and we remind ourselves that You are our shepherd. Yahweh is my shepherd. And there is no one like you. And there's no greater shepherd than you. We see that Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. But there's no shepherd like you, Jesus. You are amazing. You are awesome. Take these words, Lord, and let them enter into our hearts that we would know that you are Emmanuel, God with us. 
The situation looked bleak, but David changed it. He turned it around. He transformed it because he found his strength in you. Father, this week, today, let us find our strength in you. There is many trials that we're facing, many hardships that we're facing, but you put life in us. You put love in us. You've put peace in us. You've put your kingdom in us. And we can fight through you. We can fight the good fight of faith. Wherever we're straying from the path to the left or right, may we hear your voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Father, I'm praying for a great refreshing and strengthening to come to your people today and this week. And that you'd help me too, Lord. There's a lot of things that we're facing. We need your provision. I'm praying, Father, right now where people need actual provision of food and money and finances and debt paid. Provide, Lord. Father, where there's need of care and the restoration of our soul. Provide, Lord. Restore and renew and refresh in the mighty name of Jesus. And may we be those who spend time with you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anna's going to play, but there's one thing I'd like us to do, and that is put it to practice being a peacemaker. And it would be great if we can get in groups of two or three. You can have more in your group. Make sure nobody is left out and just pray for one another according to what we've been learning and receiving. And make sure no one's left out. And if you want to pray as a family, you can pray as a family. But yeah, just find, uh, find a couple people or one person.